Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's let it rip, man. Let's let people know what we're about. This the meat and potatoes right here, so let's do it. I'm on a seafood diet. <laughs> let's get to it, though. Yeah, I think guys are kind of anxious to get started. I think it feels like we've had a million practices. You step on this field and you play us? Don't be a bad potential doesn't win in this league. And we want to start with our four-man rush. So you're the one. And now, Panther fans, the four-man rush with Kevin Avery. I'm going to go around right now and want everybody to introduce themselves. Again, my name is Kevin Avery. Fellas, introduce yourself. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm Larry Reynolds. Out of this group, are probably the only one that doesn't originate from the Carolinas. Originally from New Jersey, but I've been a fan since 1999. Um, I hand selected these three individuals to do this with me because I respect all their opinions. And it's not like we always just agree on everything, but everybody has a different perspective and everybody has an educated perspective on what's actually going on with the football team. So I just knew from day one that this thing would be special and I'm excited to move forward. That's all I got to say for right now. My name is Monty Fetty. Um, I'm actually um, probably the youngest member of the group. Um, <laughs> uh, Lauren said he's been a fan since, since, since what, 95? I mean, 98. Or, I was born in 92. So I think 99, man, 99. I wasn't a day one. Oh, see, yeah. Well, see, look, I, I, was, I was literally born into it. I was born 92 and was raised a Panther fan, you know, so um. I, I think I bleed black and blue just like everybody else. Um, I think I'm a, probably the more outspoken out of everybody in the group as well. You know, I think I, I'm not afraid to bite my tongue on about anything, you know. So um, so, so I, I definitely think that brings a, a little, um, a different element to the group, I'll say. But um, going right off the back of what Lauren said, man, I, um, I agree to be in this group because I definitely respect and I love the uh, views of each and every one of these guys here, man. I, I feel like they're definitely the, probably the most knowledgeable fans I've met in a long time. So um, I'm I'm ready. To, I'm proud to go to work, man. I'm I'm ready to get to it. So, all right, yeah. My name uh, Will Harris. I've been a Panther fan from day one. You know, I joined the group. Same reason everybody else to cover the Panthers in a way you don't see on NFL Network or ESPN. So you turn it on, it's always Dallas Cowboys or the big market team. So. We're just here to provide another view of Panthers football and talk. Let's let it rip, man. Let's let people know what we're about. Just the meat and potatoes right here, so let's do it. I'm on a seafood diet. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to it, though. All right. So now that everybody has been introduced, um, now I'm going to let y'all know what discussion will be on tonight. Um, this discussion right here, we're going to break down the Panthers 2018 issues the off-season moves and transactions, college prospects uh, via Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, and the Combine, 
And we're going to also discuss free agency and the upcoming NFL draft and get some analysis and some projections of what could possibly be done based on moves made not only by the Panthers, but other teams in the NFL because what one team does has a trickle-down effect on everybody else. So that's what's going to be... Um, that's going to be the order that we go in. So start things off. Uh, the Panthers 2018 season, one of the top scoring teams in the in the NFL. Went up the Thursday night game in Pittsburgh. Bottom fell out. And it was just a bad spiral to the very end. Uh, but it could be a blessing in disguise because it exposed a lot of issues that the team have been covering up for the last last few years. So, you know, if it takes getting ugly to be pretty again, so be it. Fellas, what y'all feel about it? I pretty much agree with you, man. It was a promising start. But we know there was a lot of issues that resulted in our demise. You know, the health of our quarterback, that's pretty important for all 32 teams, the health of your quarterback. It's a quarterback given league. And, you know, we, the, the oldness of our defense showed Guys were playing hard, we just didn't have the athleticism. So those are my two main issues that I saw, and I just hope we can improve those. We did it the right way to start off by getting that surgery done. You know, hopefully through the draft, this defense gets younger. What about you, Monty? Um, yeah, man. Um, I I agree with a lot of what Lauren said, and you know, I I hate to be that guy to say we were a team fell on on horrible circumstances, but you know, but I feel like last year was a was the number one example of that. You know, you start the season, before the season even starts, you, you lose your, your right guard. I mean, your right tackle, I'm sorry. You lose your starting right tackle. And, you know, and then I feel like things just from that point spiral downward. You know, you lose Greg Olson, you lose Cam Newton. To, you know, you don't lose Cam Newton, but, you know, he, he gets injured halfway through the season after starting 6-2. And, and then we you know, never had our left tackle. Don't forget that. Right, you know, it, well, exactly. Well, I'm sorry, correct, Lauren. I'm glad, I'm glad to say that we, we lose both your starting tackles yeah, early in the season, and you know, and so I, I, I hate to be the guy to say we were a team of bad circumstance, but um, I definitely think that yeah, coming into 18, if we can get Cam Newton back healthy and we can find a way to protect him, those were the, were the two biggest sore thumbs in in our in the age of our defense, you know. And I love that you said. It exposes a lot of things because I, I definitely think losing the way we did after starting six and two definitely exposed uh, the age of our defense and the lack, the inability of protecting your quarterback. And those are the two things, you know, two things that's going to win you a Super Bowl. So, um, I, like, yeah, I agree with, with, with a lot of what Lauren said. Those are my two biggest issues from last year. You know, with what you everything think, that went wrong, with everything that went wrong. It just comes down to winning close games. You look at the last three seasons, you know, right. 16, we're 6 and 10. We're losing points, you know, seven points or less. 2017, right. we had a lot of nail biters, but we finished in games. And last year, you know, we go on a streak and we're losing close game after close game. So it's just guys are not making plays when we need them to be made. So, I mean, I think it's, um, the roster does have a lot of holes. It was problematic, but so does every other team. Right. In the NFL, you know, I just think it's a matter of having another good draft, another good offseason, and keep, you know, building towards something. But for a lot of good things, you know, the breakout season for Christian McCaffrey. You know, you got to like what you saw from DJ and Curtis on the offense. Absolutely. You know, we still, still had one of the better offenses on the NFL. You know, Absolutely. So it's just... Panther Not to mention with the addition of Eric Reed and Dante Jackson, man, we haven't had a secondary this good in a while either. Right, and Reed joined the squad late, so he was kind of 
learning on the fly. You know, just got off his couch pretty much. So, I mean, we have a lot to look forward to at the same time. Yeah, and I also think that Chris McCaffrey dispelled the myth that he's too small to uh to uh, be, quote-unquote, a bell cow in the league. I mean, you're talking about what he was, what, fourth overall in total yards from scrimmage? Absolutely. I mean, right. you know, so, so, so much was said about, oh, he's only five foot this and 205, 210 pounds, yet, you know, rep for rep, he was just as good as any of the other top backs that always get more prestige and, you know, give me my money. Saquon Barkley and McCaffrey are neck to neck for me. That's that's just me, you know. Well, well, well Kev, I'll, dare I say the biggest reason why we talk about Christian McCaffrey being too small is because of skin color. I, I hate to go there, but, you know, because there's other backs <laughs> been his size. And that, you know, that... You know, potential doesn't win in this league. With the production that he's had in college, and it's not even a question... He, he's going to be a, a stud, you know, but because Christian McCaffrey, you know, with the with the 10 with the 10 reps on bench and the combine, he, he's too small. And, and I, I think it's a it's a lot of crow to be, be to be fed to a lot of people with the Christian McCaffrey. I, I thought that was silly to begin with. You know, you can't judge a player off of one season. And that's what a lot of people were hanging their hat on. And yeah, but I mean, you hit it on the head. And, and this was the biggest thing that bothered me. Um, Chris McCaffrey can't run through the tackles over two-thirds of his production running-wise was between the tackles. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> you know, like I said, with the, with the production he had from college, it it shouldn't have it shouldn't have been a question in my opinion. You know, I, I feel like it was just a matter of time rather than could he or it's just when will he? You know, and I, it was it was silly in my opinion. No, I just think football fans got an old school mentality. When you say run between the tackles, they think it's got to be some big back like oh, Jerome Bettis or right, somebody right. like that. McCaffrey do it in a different way. You know, he's patient. He reads blocks very well. He's very quick. You know, moving side to side. Very fast. You know, short bursts. You know, he's, he doesn't have that top end speed. Staying consistent, way. having fun. You're talking about short bursts and agility. You know, he gets out and he's quick. I just think he has a lot of um, skills that allow him to be, you know, a good in between the tackles runner. And then that's not to mention the receiver skill set he brings to the table. He could probably start. And slot receiver in the league if you wanted to. So, and not just him. I mean, you got to think about the, the direction. With, I mean, let's give credit credit due. Bringing in Noah Turner was the best coaching hire, assistant coach hire, probably in franchise history, in my opinion. You know, I, Noah I'm glad good. you said that, Kev, because I totally hey, agree. <laughs> hey, no, a lot of people don't know that when when Chud left for Cleveland back in uh, after the 2012 season, Rivera called up Noah to be the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. But because Rivera was on the hot seat because we were six and ten in 2011 and 79 in 2012, he didn't think Ron might be there. So he thought with Chud getting started in Cleveland, that's why he followed Chud to uh, to Cleveland. But Ron wanted. Um, Noah here way back when, so ain't no telling. You know, I personally, if Noah was here back in 2013, I think we have a Lombardi Trophy at 300 North Mid Street. That's just me. That's just I me. Am I right or wrong? But was not was Scott turning here for a second as well? It was here, Cam rookie year. He was here, Cam rookie year with Chud, right? Right. Yeah. And that's another important figure because Scott Turner has helped out all the young quarterbacks. You see what he did with Teddy Bridgewater. I was excited more to get Scott Turner than I was Norv, to be honest with you, because I was focused on care development. So that whole package was a win for us, that whole package. Yeah, I mean, you 
I mean, I expected Cam to be at about 63, 65% preseason. You told me he'd be, what, 68, 69%? So I would have told that. you you were lying. Can't, I will. I, I would have said you were lying. Even with the dead arm, I saw the I saw the decision making. This decision making alone was like something I haven't seen from Cam ever, except maybe 2015 season. Oh, you saw glimpses of the old Cam too when he throw those deep out routes on a rope. You know, you don't do that with a bum shoulder. He still got the arm strength when he gets the motion proper. Well, I, I was I was just going to say not only I, I agree with everything you all saying first off, but just I even tell you to, to take it a step further. When you look at other teams and how offensive coordinators not only play to their quarterback strengths, but just make the game easier for them. It, you know, like Norv, did, like he he did that. You know, you when you look at Sark, what Sark did with Matt Ryan the year he went, they went to the Super Bowl. What you know, what, what they've been able to do with Russell Wilson his entire career there, especially his first three years. You know, it, they just made the game that much easier for their quarterback. And I feel, you know, that's why I, another reason I feel like, yeah, the spike in the completion percentages is there. You know, because Norv, you just you, he made the game slower and easier for Cam. So then, yeah, I again, you see the flashes of. 2015, like you said, Will, and you see the decision making, like you said, Lawrence. But you know, just with just making the game slower for Cam, I think that was Nor was a was a perfect. That was a peanut butter and jelly, in my opinion. People think yeah, that's oh, a young no. quarterback thing, but it's not. It's a quarterback thing. You even see it with Tom Brady. It don't make him make tough decisions. Absolutely, you mm-hmm. drop back and make a decision. Boom. That's a quarterback thing, man. You got to make it easy for the guy that's calling the shots. And you know, the last quarterback I feel like that beat teams by himself with, with his mind was Peyton Manning. That was the last quarterback right. that we've seen in the last decade. Uh, you know, and we and we can say Tom Brady, but you like, but like Lauren said, they they make the game so much easier for Tom Brady in that offense. Of course, you, you know he can look like an all star. Not taking anything away from the goat, he's the goat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got a forehead like Peyton Manning, you should be able to beat everybody. Know everybody plays. That boy got head on top of head on top of head. It's the four-man rush. Super Bowl. They do a job off of every year, man. They making it easy for Zom Brady. But, you know, that's the rule. Make it easy for your quarterback, man. That's it. So, fellas, you know, we uh, talked about the 2018 issues. Let's move into, uh, you know, after the season was over. You know, that's when um, players retire. I mean, we, we lost some legends. I mean, let's start off with the obvious. First ballot, Julius Peppers. You know, I mean, what can you not say about him? And then 12 years in the trenches, Ryan Khalil. Mm. I mean, you know, what? I mean, you're talking about the, the true gut of an offensive lineman. You know, Big I know everybody say Jordan Gross, but for me, if I had to pick one offensive lineman to say the best the Panthers ever had, give me Ryan Khalil. And I battle you to the end. That's just me. Um, that's, that's just how I feel about the guy. And then, you know, Thomas Davis, I mean, the bionic man, come on, three ACL to the same knee, came yeah. back and played better. I mean, we, we're talking about over 30 awesome. years of Panther, you know what I'm saying, history, three players retiring, well, no longer with the team, two retirement. And then, of course, you know, TD got a new team. We'll talk about that later on. Hey, you know, it was time. I respect the Panther legends and everything they did for the organization, but, you know, I think we're one of the five oldest teams in the NFL last year. You can just yep. see it on the field at times. You know, Mike Adams and Captain Munderland, great players in their primes, but they were just struggling in their coverage last year, and your defense has to match that, you know, and 
pass rush defensive lines agent wasn't getting a pass rush. But I think it was time. You know, it's time for a youth movement. And so far, I like what I've seen this offseason going in that direction. I agree. I think Ryan would have wanted to play longer. It's just his body wouldn't give it to him, man. He gave us his all. So, yeah. Wish him up with health. Like, good health for the rest of their life. That's it. I, you know what, fellas? Dude, to be honest, I, I, and I'm probably gonna be in the minority with this. I thought we should have, we should have looked to replace Julius Peppers last season. You know, at the, at the end of last season, because you know, I, I feel like we were playing with fire, expecting another, another season like he had in, in 2017. So, so I, you know, I, like Will said, I think it was just Tom. You know, I, I, I love and fully respect Thomas Davis. Wood was the one that hurt me the most. You know, <laughs> Julius yeah. Peppers. I, I love Julius Peppers. Yeah. I, I love Ryan Khalil, but. It, it was just that time to move on, you know. I, so, you know, I think he's going to really still play pretty good in in, uh, in L.A. Yeah, well, well, well like we, we said, we said we'll talk about it later. But you, but you know, he he's definitely playing a, a little longer than what we expected. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely think he's going he's gonna to play well. No, but when you're paying Shaq Thompson nine million dollars, you got to know what you got in him before you move on. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's do or die season for him. We can dig into that later, but. <laughs> I don't. I didn't see Shaq playing better than TD. <laughs> look, Will. That's look. We will to like, man. Don't get me started. Because <laughs> for the money we're going to pay Shaq, and with the money TD would have is willing to take, and the production we get on the field. Don't. I don't want to hear. I mean, I hear the the youth movement. I'm all for it. But like, you know, I, I'm. If you're not a better player, then you shouldn't see the field, in my opinion. And I, just I don't, don't think, think it comes down to the age. It comes down to the cat, man. You can't. Yeah. Well, and. and, and, and I, and I get the politics of it, but you know, I feel like again, if, if we're just going the better football player, I'm I'm taking TD at right now, and I'm taking Shaq right now. I like TD cover all full tight and all the way down the side, man. I'm telling you, TD, I played him, but when you got that nine point two million dollar cap exactly, you gotta play, you gotta play. Yeah, gotta play. You're right. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say something about TD that's probably not popular, but it's it's the truth. It's got to be said. That man three different times told his franchise, I'm hanging them up. Right. We done drafted three yeah. players to take the role of what it is he can do. Can right. none of us go to our job and tell them, I'm giving you two-week notice three <laughs> separate times and expect them to still keep us there? Yeah. I'm sorry. We can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely right. You that's, know, that's I, true? I mean, I, I get it. You know, after the Super Bowl loss, hey, who don't want to try to see if we can get back, you know, with most of the team returning? Then we went six and ten. I mean, who want to go out like that? You know, I mean, so I can get the logic, but at the end of the day, it's still a business. You know, we've invested mm-hmm. players. I mean, Shaq may have had his moments, but truth be told, had TD retired when he was supposed to the first time, we might see the best of Shaq Thompson now. That's just my opinion. And that's well, true. When we going when we going to see the best of Ian Thomas? Because somebody's holding that up. <laughs> you know, potential hey, doesn't hey, win in this hey, league. Hey, hey, Lawrence, there will be no Greg Olson slander on this business podcast tonight, sir. That's one of my favorite players, but it's all that speculation. Is he going to the booth? Is he not? How are we supposed to enter the draft this year? Should we get another tight end? And we got we got Olsen to wear out the rest of his contract. What do you got? Two years left? Come on, yeah. Look, Lawrence, yeah. I, I ask you this question. If if Olsen if hang, hangs him up, do we get a tight end anyway? Do I mean do we not invest in Manhurts or do I mean? I mean or, his decision I, will bring clarity. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 I just don't know. 
But if he tell us, listen, we're about to go make five million in the booth, I know what we can do from there. Iowa got some good tight ends, bro. Iowa State, whoever, that was cool that was. But, yeah. well, personally, I think that if if he moves on, I think we good. You know, we got too many other holes outside of tight end to, to, to invest into. You know, I mean, we, we saw in the month of December, I felt like we saw the type, what the Panthers could potentially be with Ian Thomas. You know, several players, once Ron made that shakeup, stepped up their game, and he was one of them. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I know that statistics ain't going to support it, but my boy, man hurts. I mean, you know, the boy got hands. I mean, on that halfback toss against the Saints, yo, he was booking. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean... And, hey, so and Cam, they love him as a blocking tight end, you know. So I, and I, again, oh. if, if we if we move forward, I don't think we even address tight end. We got we got that. He's reaching five techniques, reaching three techniques. One man blocking threes, blocking three hundred and twenty pound DTs by himself. I'm all for it. I'm all for Manhurst. All for him. Yeah, hey, Manhurst is Manhurst is Swole Bones two I'm telling you, that boy is like 3% body fat. Dude is a, a chiseled rock. <laughs> Man, I saw Greg Olson against, I think, Tampa Bay. Cam threw him a pass down the scene, reached back with one hand and snatched that thing out the air. You know what I mean? Went healthy. You know? Yeah, that's still so, G-Red with the third leg when he healthy. <laughs> that's, this, this, which is why I would never take any slander of my man. This ain't right. You can see him There's no slander at all. I love Greg Olsen. If he's going to be healthy, I'm just looking at the reality of it. Kev just said two minutes ago, it's a business, right? This right. man has his foot twice in back-to-back years. He's the, what, the second highest paid tight end, and he's not on the field. And we got a young guy that's actually ready to play. Like, and it's really showing that he can play. It's just the business part. But I love Greg Olsen. If he's going to come back healthy, fine. Give me another 1,000-yard season, dude. Um, I'm with you on that. You, you can never have too many bullets in the chamber, you know. So, you know, so now that we've, you know, discussed, you know, the offseason, who done retired, and uh, let's talk a little bit about who we who we bringing back that was on the team. Um, several, you know, guys, a lot of people are aware of, they got future contracts. Um, I know our blog guy, Norris, who's uh, not with us, you know, he's behind the scenes, but uh, he did a great piece. Y'all check it out on the Four Man Rush Facebook page. Um, he did a breakdown of uh, future contracts and players. Uh, oh, I know yeah. a lot of us are, are high on um, what's his name, Blandon, that played at uh, Virginia. Virginia Tech. I love him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude is second behind Luke Keekley in ACC history and tackles. Yeah, he's you know. Legit. Yeah. So I mean, this might be one of the cases the answer could be on our roster. We, you know, we won't know until. Can't Wofford rolls around to get them pads on, you know? And four man West will be there. So y'all know to come out to Kent Wofford. We there every year. We are present every year to give you first hand coverage on what's going on in training camp. I got six vacation days saved up just for training camp. I'm gonna be there. We had a ball last year. I planned my uh training day a month, a year in advance almost, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be there. Uh, Bring him back. I know Colin Jones is coming back. A lot of people might be questioning that, but don't get it confused. He's the ace on special teams, man. He's probably the what was he a captain on special teams last year? Yeah. He's a leader yeah. of our special teams unit, so that made sense. And they got him for 
a cost efficient deal. Like that's nothing. I was really happy to get Colin Jones back. Not that I think he's going to be a starting safety, but I know how important he is to our special teams unit. And is that Getting um, the North Searcy and Ross Cockrell, Kevon Seymour coming back. You know, if we can get one of them to be a contributor, that might be a big help. Yeah, Cockrell was probably going to have a big role for us until he had that injury. So right. I know he wants to come back with a vengeance. And another thing about Colin Jones, people don't realize, like, last year, in spite of our record, special team-wise, we had our best special teams um ranking that we ever had under Ron Rivera. We was top 10 in all four special team units. And Colin Jones, along with a few others, Ben Jacobs, who's no longer with the team. So, and anybody knows Panthers special team history, that's saying a lot, you know. James Blackburn moved mountains for us. And I think they brought, with, didn't they bring Ben Jacobs back to help on the coaching staff with special teams? Yeah, and yeah. they signed that boy, uh, Jared Norris too, who was a special teams uh, linebacker. Yep, Ben Jacobs going to be helping out Chase. So y'all want to move on to the draft? What we looking at in the draft? Are we leaving anybody uh, out? I was going to leave somebody out. Everybody's been complaining about we, we weren't making big moves in free agency until we signed the center today. But I feel like we made the biggest move early on. We brought Eric Reed back. <laughs> Nobody yeah, yeah. seems to care for it. That's big news, but whatever. We don't have any big names in free agency. We don't. Well, all we did was bring back Eric Reed, but whatever. I think our best moves was keeping the the quality players that we have. I mean, like the Colin Jones, uh, the Eric Reeds. I mean, guys that may not be known that much, but like, you know, contribute. Like we said, Jared Norris. Um, I'm excited to see um, Farms play at safety. I mean, I know a lot of people may not know him, but uh, I watched him in training camp preseason. I mean, until he got hurt. Dude was having a solid camp. We kept asking him, who is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, dude was getting his hands on the balls. Um, another one that's coming back, um, my boy Ross, number 31. You know, he'll be right. back in the mix. Uh, Lorenzo um, Doss, I believe. Right. It's going to be yeah, a tight so. corner. A lot of competition, especially if we decide to bring another person in to look at. But I'm confident with our yeah. secondary, to be honest with you. That's, I haven't been able to see that in years. Would have been a passing league. I'm kind of hoping we go six corners, five safeties. But, you know, you never know how the numbers play out. But, uh, yeah, man, we're we going to have some depth. It's going to be competitive in that defensive backfield, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's hard to criticize Herney, but that's one thing I think that we did make a mistake on. We didn't retain a lot of corners last season. And it showed where Dante Jackson went down, man. I mean, whoo. Corn Elder is amazing at the nickel. I saw that from training camp. I saw that in preseason. But the fact that we had to throw him on the outside, you got a big portion of the fan base to think that he's garbage, but he's not. Yeah. He's really good to play nickel, but had to play outside and got exposed. Like, we really got to have good depth the in the rush. secondary. I just got one question about Cornetta. Will, Monty, has he turned his head around yet? <laughs> 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 Hey, uh, man, again, no slander on my guy Bradbury, man. Yeah. <laughs> we about the same before I turn the head around, man. Oh, man. Look, man. Look, man. The, the, only, the only difference between Bradbury and Jalen Ramsey is ball skills, brother. That's a, that, I, And I'm sticking to my story, brother. You know <laughs> I, I, I honestly go out and agree with you, man. As far as cover skills, I think he's elite. But you got to put both together to be an elite cornerback. I'm just waiting on that, man. I really yeah. hope he gets. Man, 
what Mike Evans say, James Bradbury is the best press corner in the NFL. Yeah, I'm going to tell y'all, fellas, we ain't mentioned it, but I'm going to bring it up now. What's going to help is hiring Perry Fuel to be our defensive back coach. Now that, now that is going to be uh, something that's going to really – I think take our guys to the next level. I mean, with his experience, I mean, all our cornerbacks gonna be getting their head around with him. Well, bro, he, he, he come out and said he loves our corner. You're absolutely right, Kev. But that guy's locked. He ain't even that level. I don't think he was the one to be a head coach. To get Rashawn Golden playing well, give him a raise. Yeah, I ain't gonna talk about this year's draft, man. Let's not even bring up Golden. Let's let's. <laughs> let's stay on. Let's stay on track and get to the draft, man. We're, we're, we're hey, man, that's the that Buffalo nickel, bro. That's the Buffalo nickel. <laughs> I'm completely better on Golden. I don't care what nobody say. You have no film, no evidence to prove me different. So I'm going. I'm rolling with how I feel. I don't like the guy. Let's move hey, on man. to. Hey, anybody, anybody that got the cojones to give Alabama the middle finger is okay with me, bro. So, you know, so I, uh, he could be on the sideline. He could be the. They got a position where you hold the coach back from getting onto the field. <laughs> Man, go ahead, bro. He is nothing good to say about him. I didn't see much to really say that he, he has a future, but we'll see. I'm patient with everybody. I give everybody two years. Right, but uh, real quick, fellas, just to um, just to cover the bases here, um, give me our opinions on you know with the early showing of the college prospects. Like, who are you guys from the Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, and Combine? Like, who are the guys that you that you that you really feeling that you think will be not only a fit for the Panthers, but you think will be good in the league in general? This is one of the deepest defensive line drafts I can remember. You, know, you yep. probably had five D linemen or five DNs go in the top, what, 15 before we pick. And then you got D tackles as well. You know, you got depth there. So I think, you know, you talk about best player available, it's likely going to be that defensive end that we desperately need at 16. So when we talk DNs, you know, Montez Sweat was on our radar until he blew out the combine. So he's probably a top five, top 10 pick now. You know, Bosa and Allen will be gone. So I think we're going to be looking at a guy like either Cleveland Farrell or Brian Burns. Who I'm a couple Hello. Of so Brian Burns, you know, he's probably the most. You, baby. Polished, uh, you know, he's probably the most polished pass rusher, not complete defensive end. That's Bosa. He's the best defensive end in the draft. But as far as pure pass rushing technique, you know, I got to go with Brian Burns. So. This I think we'll have options to upgrade that rush. pass rush early in the draft this year. Well, yeah, I agree, man. Y'all, well, y'all know I, I was on Montez Sweat from the jump. Now, you know, that was my guy from, from from the very beginning, and it's it breaks my heart to know that he's now uh, worked himself out of our, our position. Uh, I was number sixteen. Hey, Montez, we get full credit for that because you've been talking about him since November. Bro. Right, right. Yeah, look, 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 brother, look. I wish I would hadn't been now because my heart wouldn't hurt so bad now. So you know, <laughs> so, but you know, but moving forward, I agree with Will. I'm sorry. Um. Brian Burns, I feel like if you want to guy that mimics uh, Montez Sweat's size, that's your guy. You know, if you, if you want a guy that that's polished and standing up and putting his hand, hand in the ground, that's your guy. You know, a guy that's yeah. proven he can get to the quarterback. He's proven that he you know he, he can he can seal the edge and run support. So. I, I agree. I think you, when calling the best defensive end in the draft, you you know I think you'd be no, find nobody to say Nick Bosa's not that guy. 
But looking yeah. at a guy that's just as polished, just as experienced. And again, and, th- and this is just me saying a guy that mimics the same size and same length as Montez Sweat. If you're looking for that guy, I, I'm all on board with Brian, you know, <laughs> Brian Burns. I like the fact that he put on about 15, I think 19 pounds, and he can't Absolutely. Yeah. well. So he got the frame. I think he came in at, what, 249, 250? Right, right, and and again, that was the biggest question. Uh, that was the biggest question on him, Lawrence was the size. So you know, you put on 15 pounds and, and go out, and again, he the, the only difference between him and Montez Sweat is, in my opinion, is the 40 time. You know, that's and and that is what's going to is what, what puts guys up and, and raise guys and drops guys all the time. If you want to talk about my top prospects, honestly, I've been wanting to address the interior for a long time, so. I guess like my top prospect we're not going to be able to get now because we picked up the center today. But last year I wanted Frank Bragg now. This year my favorite offensive lineman was uh, Bradbury. And I think we don't have reason to go pick him up because he'll either be gone by the time this we get there. Is or, the four man rush. You know, it's just no point because we just signed a center for a three-year deal. But um, my favorite player in the draft, whether we get him or not, is Greedy Williams. And I know that we want to address our edge and address the defense. If Greedy is there at 16, I'm still taking him. I'm that sold on Greedy Williams. I love LSU and DB. I'm just that cold. He performed well at the combine, ran 4-3-7, has ball skills. You end up with all, you end up with Greedy Williams, you got Bradbury, Williams, and you can throw Dante in the slot. That is going to be sick. But other than that, I'm a big fan of Brian Burns. I'm a big fan of all of the defensive defensive line, whether it's Wilkins, Lawrence, Ryan or Farrell, I'll pick any of them, but those are my top prospects. I know uh, Kevin was pretty high on Adderley, so I'll let you talk about that safety from uh, that small school. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely got my, you know, my quote unquote, you know, combine crushes and, as well. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the edge, you know, edge players. Um, I'm going to give some love on the end to the guys who can play along the line. I mean, there's talk, you know, of Ed Oliver from Houston slipping down. I mean, we're talking about a guy that can that can realistically play anywhere in your front seven. Mm-hmm. I know there's been talk about him possibly playing linebacker as well. That just shows what type of athletic ability this guy, you know, has. You know, he's looking to, you know, lose a little weight. Um, I heard, which is why he um, didn't show up to the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Um you know, also I like, I like Rashawn Gary. Uh, that, that film that showed him taking on three blockers like that, man, that that just brought a tear to my heart, man. That was just that was just a thing of beauty, man. You you got someone in front of Luke Keekley taking up two or three blockers, he gonna set the record for tackles for loss in the NFL season. Best believe that. Um, but as far as like other guys outside of the defensive line, I mean, hey, y'all sold me on Greedy, man. I'm, I'm thinking. No fly zone south, you know. I mean, I think adding greedy instantly make whoever a defensive end on our team better right there. That's just me. Cause believe it or not, fellas, despite our low sack numbers, we got a lot of quarterback pressures last year. But a quarterback just because of our age and like you said, couldn't get to the quarterback that crucial moment. It just stepped up. With a guy like Greedy sliding Dante over to the slot. That might buy us the extra two seconds that we need to get to the quarterback, you know. So immediately, a guy like Greedy will make our, our pass rush, you know, be uh, definitely be better. But the last thing I'm going to say about my guys, the guy, uh, Nasir Adderley. Uh, will first put me on to him from Delaware. 
I know you got the small school jokes going on, but uh, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy that can play. I got the Vernon Butlers. I got the Mini Salatolus. You know what? Let me just add to your point. Ed Oliver is a good prospect to look at. My only issue is that he comes from a small school, and that's fine. But at least give me something to see. Like, maybe so you're different one. at the pro day. But I was disappointed that he didn't perform at the combine so I could at least see what he does for us athletically. That's the only problem, man. He's from a small school. I just don't know exactly how athletic he is because of who he's playing against. When you talk about, like, Adderley with the small school thing, the question is, will his skills translate to the NFL? You watch Adderley on tape. You know, he's got he's, he's got range. You know, he's covering the entire center field. He's got great ball skills. He played cornerback his freshman and sophomore year, so he can play in the slot, you know, cover wide receivers. Just an all-around good defensive back with a skill set that a pro coach can work with and turn him into a solid pro. So with Adderley... Mm -hmm. For example, this I one small translate. Yeah, his skills translate. That was disappointing. This he wasn't is the um, four man run. He had a high ankle sprain. That's just like my rule of thumb. I, I'm not a I'm not against small schools. I can Jerry Rice came from a very small school in HBCU. Right. But my thing is, if you want to come from a small school, it's important that you show us as much as you can leading up to the draft. Right. That's my right. only thing. Small school, I gotta see your combine. I gotta, like, it's not, it doesn't mean everything, but I need to see your 40, your vertical. I gotta see all that to see how explosive you are. Cause honestly, that's what the NFL is, especially on defense. The most explosive players are the most successful players. It's all about explosion. Right. That's my only right. thing. Like, small school, just show me what you got. That's all. Um, well, yeah. if you don't like Adley from a small school, I got somebody from a big school I think you'll like. And that's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson down in Florida. Now him, I think his skill set translate well. He played both safety spots and he played the slot. So we're talking I about- scared, I think you're gonna say Thompson from Alabama. I can't stand him. But that's his <laughs> C, was it CGJ? Whatever you want to call him with that long name. But anyway, right. but with him, yeah. I just think that, you know, when teams come out against us five wide with tight ends and wide receivers in the slot and and things like that. I think he's the type of guy that, that can help, you know, match up, you know, since we don't want to put Gordon at the Buffalo Nickel to match up, you know what I'm saying? We can just, <laughs> you know, use a guy like this to, you know, play matchup football with, man, you know, because, you know, teams, they like to spread us out and throw those quick passes. So we got to have guys that's just as quick, you know? He has a pretty weird name too, but he performed real well at the combine. He's projected to be like the fifth or sixth rounder. We were just talking about. Oh, uh, oh, the edge from TCU, uh, Ben Benogu. Yes, I, I was impressed with what he brought. So I know it's a strong defensive class, but even if you look at a guy like that in the late rounds, he had the guy we already have in Marquise Haynes. That dude is a performer, man. So that's something to look at too. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the uh, depth of defensive end. It's also a very deep safety class, too. You know, you got a list of 10 guys, I think, can come in and make an immediate impact right away. So don't panic if we don't get a guy like Adderley or Thompson in the first couple of rounds. You know, you got Juan Thornhill out of Virginia. You know, he's a very good athlete. You know, watch his, you know, dunks on YouTube from high school. He was a, you know, one of the top basketball recruits. Uh, you got um, Darnell Savage from Maryland. Yeah, absolutely. Very good uh, safety. I love Savage. 
So you just got a lot of options. You know, Ted Rapp out of Washington. You know, uh, you got from Mississippi State. I mean, they got a that Mississippi State defense got a lot of prospects. You know, they got sweat. Then you got their safety, Jonathan Abram, who might be a late first, uh, second round pick. So this is a very deep safety class. That's another area we can address in the mid to late rounds if we don't get our guy right away. Would the yeah. would the Panther would Panther Nation burn burn the franchise down if we? Sitting at 16 and what with somebody like Devin White? I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, if, we, if you're talking BPA at 16, he's up there with Greedy. I'm not saying we need a linebacker, but. <laughs> all well, we the linebackers. Fellas, I, I, I hear all that, but I, yeah, I think I might I might pull out the hair I don't have in my head. It, 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 <laughs> Uh, I mean, and I, I hear best player available, but th- at this point, I I do think that we have it got to be. I, look, cause I'm with y'all. Uh, either an elite deep, uh, elite, elite safety, or elite corner, or an elite defensive end at this point, you know. And I hear that you can you can move White all around, and I hear how versatile he is. But you know, I'm to me, you can't have two Shaq Thompsons on, on, on the same. You know, we're we're in, in the same boat again. I only asked because of who our head coach is. There was a time when this we had is the four man uh, Thomas Davis, uh, James Anderson, and John Beeson. People figured we didn't even need a linebacker. We went out and got a little kicked. So, and that was <laughs> back in the day when the 4 3 was popular and everybody playing. Yeah, it's going to change. And now, three, game played now but three, four mm-hmm. safety packages. You know, I just don't see a need for another. I look at that Juan Alexander and uh, CJ Mosey got today. I'm thinking next year it's time to negotiate with Shaq Thompson. He right. really still hasn't lived up to a first round pick. I mean, I'm just saying, just gotta hope you got it in Carter. You gotta hope you got it in a good dude like Andre Smith. But I'm just right. saying, I don't want that to happen. But I just know my head coach. I just that's that's something I've been wary about. If there's a top notch linebacker like Devin White on the board at 16. I'm scared Ron Rivera will make an emotional decision. That's all. That's surprising. Hey, Ron was talking about um, evolving. So, I mean, we're going to still be going out defending spread offenses with three linebackers. I mean, that's not really what I would call evolving. You know, it's kind of being stubborn. I agree with you. No. It might be different though, because you know, I think about it, man. Most of the most of the linebackers in the combine this year ran 4 4. I know yeah, they play. Like 4 something, man. So, it's like. Yeah, they pretty much DB, just bigger. Right. Hey, Monty, you still with us? Yes, sir. Hey, give us, give us what you think about um, who you like. We know you love Sweat, but outside of Sweat and Burns, who who else caught your eye? Well, I'm. I probably was. I think y'all named a lot of. I was definitely with Adderley. Um, I had me. I think Will had put me on Adderley early as well, and. You know the, the range that he has that of uh, at safety, would, I definitely would think would improve here as well. And of course, you know Lawrence gonna kill me for saying greedy because you because know, uh, because my boy Bradbury. Yeah, I think greedy is is definitely a monster. But um, you know, I, I guess at this at this point, I'm especially in the first two rounds, I'm more concerned about filling holes than just because you know I feel like there are so many different ways that we could go. I'm happy with. I'm happy with the corner as much as I'm happy with the offensive tackle. I'm happy with the defensive end just as much as I'm uh, probably everything other than a linebacker. You know, I, I'm I'm seriously happy at this point because I, I mean, you know, and, and I feel like if we had to right now, if I did, oh, you, well, a guy that y'all haven't met, uh, mentioned is uh, Chenoweth, uh, the guy from the defensive end out of Michigan. I, I think he's a stud. Right. 
you know, I, I think, you know, I think if we're not going to go defensive end early, you can get a defensive end in the second round. That's that's there as well. You know, so this, you know, I got another guy that we haven't mentioned as well. That's crazy. Jonah Williams, you know, if, if, if he falls, you know, I, I asked y'all if one of the top offensive tackles is there on the board. I left out a player, too, that was on my top three list. You brought up tackle. Jordan Williams is straight, but I was really, really impressed with Dillard, man. Or Diller, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, it's, but at, but my point is, if uh, off your top offensive tackle falls, where do you go? You know, do do you go protecting Cam, or do you go uh, getting after the quarterback? You know, at, these are questions that I'm at at this point. I'm just happy that we're having, you know, because if if any one of these guys fall, this I feel like that's we'll we'll have an offensive tackle for the next five to ten years. But if a premier defensive end fall, we'll have a, a premier, uh, you know, a top defensive end for the next five to ten years. So this is realistically what we're talking about. I think that we're in a position where we can pick pretty much any of the players that we like, and we'll have the results. Absolutely. Crap. I think that's what you're trying to tell us. Like honestly, whether it's offensive tackle, whether it's a, a center, guard, DN, edge, safety, corner, we feel confident that at 16 we can get a difference maker day one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's the most important part. It's too many times we getting first round picks and don't do nothing, man. It's trying to make impacts like we've been doing since 2018. You know? So 16, I expect Hurdy to hit all it's those later rounds that'll make them. Yeah, the Friday and Saturday picks. Yeah. Yeah. So, fellas, since we're talking about, you know, players and we're talking a lot about athletic and flexibility, a lot of things that our fans have been uh, asking about here is, uh, are we going to be a 3-4 defense or or what it is? And what I like to start out by saying is that uh, what Rivera has described is that we want to be a hybrid defense. What that means is we're going to have four-man fronts and three-man fronts and try not to change up the personnel too much. So when we're talking about position flexibility, I think players that we're going to also look at in the draft is players that can play multiple positions. Like, for example, we're talking about Brian Burns. I was listening to the fan interview, and they were saying how he can put his hand down like a 4-3 DN, or he can stand up like a 3-4 outside linebacker. So let's say we get a guy like him at 16, you know, that'll make the transition smooth. We can be in a base 4-3 or we can be in a or or in our um you know our nickel package with him at the end, and then we can just flip it to a three man front you know and have him come up from the outside. So the thing that uh, we want our fans to understand is that you're still going to see four men down on whether it's base defense or whether it's a uh, sub sub packages whether it's nickel. We saw some dime for the first time last year. That was one of the things that I liked that Eric Washington presented. We saw more four-corner, two-safety looks that we rarely see before because mostly our passing defense has always been the the 4-2-5 nickel. But definitely, I, I think that the the idea, if we can get the right players, it's going to work. You know, we have 11 guys out there, but you don't know what type of front we put in. That hesitation, Rivera said, is the is what he's looking for to make the offensive lineman and the quarterback think one or two seconds longer so that we can get to him. So what y'all what y'all feel about that? I agree, man. I think we also got a couple guys in the roster that have shown the ability to adjust to. As far as Mario Addison, we saw him dropping back into the coverage a little bit. And I really like the athleticism of Obama. 
I think he's a guy that could be a hand in the dirt guy or play a stand up three for a linebacker. So, I agree. You know, it makes sense with the line to say what he said as far as just being a little bit more versatile. Honestly, I think no. there's four, three, three, four extra DBs help both of those situations, man, because you can solidify that back end, man. You can do whatever you want in the front seven and you can get creative. So it just comes down to that. That's my opinion. Yeah, and, and to go off, you know, not and what I love about it is I don't think he's just applying that to just defense, you know, because when you look at even offense, you got guys, you have Curtis Samuel who can run the ball, you know, who's, who's effective running the ball just as much as he's effective carrying, I mean, you know, going out there lining up as a receiver. Same with Chris McCaffrey lined up that can line up as a receiver and being a running back. That I'm, I'm with you on it. I think it's, it's beautiful, you know, because that's the league that we're now playing in now. You know, guys, uh, not, guys stretch you out and play you almost – it, it, there's, it's so fast and so up tempo now. You know, I think that you have to have bodies that that can not only play one position, but that can switch out and, like yes, you said, drop back, four, drop man, back cover just as much as you can rush the quarterback. So I, I love it, man. And real quick, you know, I, um, oh, go ahead, Will, go ahead. I think hybrid. I think of the New England Patriots and the way they do things. But what do they have that we don't have? Is probably a top three secondary in the league right yeah. now, you know, with the corners and safety they got, they can disguise coverages, you know, be creative with their blitzes. You know, they can play a lot more man coverage. I think every year they're one of the top five teams in playing man coverage at well over 40%, while the Panthers are always a heavy zone team, you know, number one in zone looks. So I think in order to pull off what he's trying to do, it'll require much better secondary play and upgrades. You know, it's not, can't have weak spots with teams. Absolutely create mismatches against you. Everybody got to be able to hold their own. Yeah, well, you said the words right out of my mouth. I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about, I mean, I know Panther fans, a lot of us got a, a, a hatred for the Patriots, you know, and that's what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, they don't want my respect by just consistently winning. I mean, you can come up with all the different, you know, you know, cheating rumors and this, that, and third. But what I like about the Patriots is, is every week their offense and defensive identity has the flexibility to attack whatever weakness of the upcoming opponent. We've seen the Patriots spread the ball out on offense, and we've seen them go straight, tight end, fullback, and run the ball down someone's throat. I mean, hell, when when Brady was out in the first four games and before they traded uh, Jacoby Brissett, they was running option against the Houston Texans on that Sunday night game. So, you know, that that's... That's why I hope that we're... That, that our vision is, is we got a type of players that... Whatever weakness our opponent has, we got a type of personnel that allow us to take advantage of it. So whether we need to go power, whether we need to go, um, you know, where do we need to spread the ball out, whatever it is, and especially on defense, 4-3-3-4, nickel, uh, whatever it takes to get the job done. So I I think that, as you said, Will, the the Patriots definitely uh, show that position flexibility is the key to sustaining success. Yeah, when you look at this quote from uh, Bill Belichick, he says, I think you're definitely seeing a strong trend in the league towards corners that play safety or corner-type athletes that play safety, bigger safeties that play linebacker. Both of those are trends. That just gives you an idea of what he's looking for. He's looking for athletic safeties that got cover skills and, you know, safety, you know, his linebackers, he wants safety-type qualities. You know, they can play strong against the run and also be able to cover in space. So this shows you how the game's evolving and how he's always a step ahead of everybody else and building his roster to fit that scheme. 
I think Ron is trying to do that, man. I just don't think we've had the success of the Patriots. Like, I mean, you draft <laughs> a guy like Jack Thompson, you hope that he can play safety and play linebacker for you. You know, right. you start last year with Dante Jackson. He didn't line up at outside corner every single play. He came in at the nickel. He blitzed, got a sack. And he also had a lot of reps at safety and played it well. So I think Ron is going in the right direction. I think he needs more credit for that. Um, I think we're going to approach the draft the same way this year. Whatever guy we select to play defense, he's going to be versatile. Right. Every time we try to get an edge rusher, I know like when you were talking, what's the guy that you like, Rashawn Gary, Kevin? Yeah. You like get it. Not only can he play on the edge, but you can kick him inside as well. You know what right, I'm saying? Exactly. That versatility. Like Trey Flowers. Yeah. But fellas, as we start to wrap this up, you know, with this being our first podcast session, man, I just want to thank each and every one of you fellas for all your hard work behind the scenes. I mean, from the research to the film watching to, you know, staying updated with the latest news, Twitter, everything so that we can give give our fans what they want because they deserve to have the type of coverage that we're going to bring to them. You know, like like we'll hit it dead on the head. You know, you always hear about Dallas, no matter what. You always hear about the Patriots, no matter what. You know, and it's just time that our fans get our story told in a way that helps them understand exactly what's going on, good or bad. So I just want to say that I definitely, you know, appreciate you fellas for all the work you do. And and I know we came through a lot of obstacles to get to this point, but uh, I wouldn't have no other guys on this on this mission but you guys so you know we're gonna we're gonna ride this thing out yeah i agree 100 yeah. percent. we're gonna keep pounding man i think we got something special going on for our supporters everybody that follows us on facebook twitter youtube instagram you know your your support is really appreciated and we're gonna try to do the best we can to make sure you stay entertained and informed definitely so as we bring this to a close i just like to remind all of our listeners here um, definitely check us out on Facebook, The Four Man Rush. Check us out on our YouTube channel as well. Um, subscribe to us at The Four Man Rush. Also catch us at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we definitely got a lot coming down the pipe. This was the first huge step, and we just wanted to get the ball rolling. So we definitely hope that you enjoyed our conversation, our discussions, our opinions, and our analysts analysis of what's going on and on behalf of all of my partners again i'm kevin avery got larry reynolds got will harris got money uh fetty jr and let me give a special shout out to the people behind the scenes of four man rush as well don't want you guys to feel left out a big shout out to timothy johnson who is handling our audio and video he's our um, producer handles that a big shout out to uh Carnado, Greg James, who's our social media and marketing strategist that's given us the different platforms to bring out a four-man rush. And especially a big thanks to Noah Stonenberg, who's been writing these wonderful blogs and and putting all this information together for us to share with you guys. So uh, you three fellas, we wanted to thank you for being a part of four-man rush. We can't do our jobs without you doing your job. So you're much appreciated. But listen, everybody, until the next time, We want to thank you for listening to the four-man rush. We're going to keep it bringing, and we're going to get better with this, and we definitely appreciate your support. Panther Nation, until the next time, y'all take it easy. Yes, sir. Keep pounding. Oh, 
Welcome to the four-man rush with Kevin Avery. When you step on this field and you play us, it's going to be a bad thing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.